Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of Pas de Deux podcast. In this podcast, we'll be exploring current issues, trends, and lifestyles in the dance community. We'll be interviewing people from all corners of that community, including dancers, choreographers, administrators, and anyone else with a connection to the dance world. Uh, we're really excited to be getting started. I'm one of your hosts, Clara Peterson. And I'm your other host, Jessica Williams. And today we'll be speaking with Tracy Finch, who is a classically trained freelance dancer in New York City. And before we bring on Tracy, we're just going to catch up a little bit and talk about what we've been doing lately with dance in our own lives. So Clara, what have you been up to lately? Well, Jess, I've seen a couple shows recently, semi-recently. I have not been to class, which is always, as you know, a big issue for me. I keep trying to get myself back to class. I've not had time. But um, I saw actually Tracy's show, so we'll have to talk to her about that. Um, she was in the New Chamber Ballet's show uh, in November. And uh, actually, Tracy dances with New Chamber, and they do a show uh, every few months. Um, so the artistic director and choreographer there is Miro Magloire. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. And he's great. He actually comes from a music background. So he was a composer, and he chooses a lot of really interesting music for his shows and always has live music, a live pianist, a live violinist. And this time, actually, I sat next to a piano player, and he was telling me that one of the pieces is, like, one of the hardest violin pieces, like, in the world. Um, so I just think that's really cool, because I love the music aspect of dance, too. And uh, Miro picks such interesting music, and then always has a new piece or several new pieces for every show, plus um, old pieces from 10 years of choreographing. So I'm always seeing new stuff, and I just can't believe that he is able to choreograph that much and bring that much to the table. So it was really fun to see that show and Tracy's a beautiful dancer and it's always great to see her. Um, so that was fun and then I saw the Pina Bausch show of course with you and some other friends which we can get into later. That was a little too long but it was <laughs> I guess brilliant. I mean from what we've seen of Pina Bausch. So what have you been up to? Um, I too, as of late, have had a hard time getting back into class with the holidays and just a busy schedule. Um, but recently, last month actually, I did see a couple of performances which I really enjoyed. I saw Bill T. Jones Dance Company perform Storytime at New York Live Arts. Um, that was really enjoyable. And I also saw Botsheva perform at BAM, and they performed a piece Sade 21. Um, and it was really interesting. I um, thought it was a bit slower than other pieces I've seen of his in the past, mm. um, but I got this really great image of the circle of life. Um, some of his dancers at one point were creating sort of toddler baby images, and mm. then at the very end there was sort of this um, imagery of suicide Oh my god. Dancers lined up one by one on this platform at the edge of the stage, at the back of the stage. And one by one, they just sort of leapt off into the back, but you couldn't see where they were leaping off to. Oh my gosh. And slowly, each one, you know, kept going up to the platform and jumping off at their own time. And then it became sort of this joyful experience. The dancers were having a lot of fun with it, jumping off in various shapes, and um, it was really a moving experience. I think everyone who saw it really felt moved by it. It was really amazing. Wow. Yeah, I know I was supposed to see that with you guys, and I was so disappointed that I couldn't go. Um, and I, I know that you and Sarah said it was very intense, but I didn't realize there was that suicide imagery. That's really interesting, um, especially from Batsheva. I mean, they're so visceral. Should we bring on Tracy? I think so. Awesome. Hi, Tracy. Hi. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We're excited to have you. Yeah, me here. Me too. <laughs> awesome. Um, so what have you been up to lately? You've been really busy, we hear. Yes, I've been really busy. Uh, I had the New Chamber show two weekends ago, so there was a lot of preparation for that show and on top of that I've been rehearsing for a Nutcracker. I'm doing a guesting in Montana next weekend wow. so uh, I've been working on the Sugar Plum Pas de Deux and it's been wow. a very intense process of that plus other new chamber rehearsals and so I've been been I've been really busy but I'm like, happy to be here today. 
Awesome. Like That's seven great. days a week, right? Like you don't know, always Pretty get much. I, the last day off was Thanksgiving, which doesn't really count as a day off, you know? Mm-hmm. So other than that, it's been like three, four weeks without any days off and I've been really tired. So I'm going to be excited to have a break for the holidays right. coming up here after Nutcrack. Awesome. Man, I can't imagine that that's the thing about, I guess, freelancing in dance. You must have even fewer days off. I right. guess I don't really know how it works. If you're well, I guess it depends uh, because I think for any freelancing, you have to judge for yourself how much you want to take on or mm, right. sometimes you can't get any work and so you have multiple days off, which is even worse almost. Yeah. Uh, but if you have a lot of things to do, it's really great. Uh, it's just a about balancing your life which I think is hard for everybody but as a freelancer you don't have any outside criteria helping you balance it you just have to do it yourself and being kind of an overachieving person I think I often take on too many things so that's something I'm trying to work on myself uh, balancing my time better yeah I just feel like that'd be so hard in dance in particular Uh, like I could you know, if I was working seven days a week, it would be a drag because I'd be sitting at a desk. Right. But to have the physical taxation on your body of dancing all of those days, man. Like, uh, you said you went, went to physical therapy this morning. Is that a pretty important part of the routine? It is for me these days. I often haven't gone in the past, um, but it, dancing definitely takes a toll on your body. And so I don't have any like significant injuries, but they're all just minor overuse injuries that if you don't give your body a break they definitely need help so yeah i am excited to have a break but also very excited for my upcoming projects yeah that's great yeah and um tell me are you one of those dancers who hates the nutcracker (laughs) (laughs) it just seems like this time of year i hear every dancer complaining like oh it's that time of year again yeah i mean i've gone through phases over my life of course as a young dancer i loved the nutcracker and then the more you do it the more you get kind of sick of it but uh i think there are different aspects uh to the nutcracker that you can get really involved in or parts that I really love and parts that I really don't like. Um, Some of the pieces I don't like at all. And so I think it's a balance, but I'm having a lot of fun this year because I have a really great partner that I'm working with, Jorge Viarini. And uh, so we're having a ton of fun because I feel like as a female freelancer, I don't get to do a lot of partnering, classical partnering. So it's nice to get back into that again and feel all your back muscles work and stay in arabesque for a million counts, you know, as you're getting partnered. So it's a lot of different work, but uh, I'm having a great time this year. There have been times in the past where I've really hated Nutcracker because it's the same music over and over again, the same steps, and it can get kind of monotonous. But I think if you find the value of what you're doing in it, then it can be really rewarding. Huh. So what parts, you said there are parts that you hate. Is that like specific uh, <laughs> dances or yeah, divertisements? Like based on the music you don't yeah, like? Yeah, I really don't like marzipan. <laughs> Is marzipan the one that's like do-do-do-do-do? Yes. Yeah. I find the music really annoying. <laughs> and so, and for some reason, uh, whenever I'm cast, I often get cast as marzipan and I hate that. I'm like, well, I'm not a marzipan dancer. That's not the kind of dancer I am, but apparently it is. <laughs> Luckily, I'm not doing that this year, which is probably why I'm liking Nutcracker more. <laughs> yeah. Have you done Sugar Plum in the past? Yeah, I have. I've done it a few times, um, mostly when I was a little younger. Since I've lived in New York, I have only done guestings for Sugar Plum once. And so it's interesting getting back into the role because I feel like when I did it when I was younger, when I was like 20, I didn't have as much life experience. And so I didn't connect with the role as well because the Sugar Plum is a very like motherly figure who controls almost the whole second act. And so I feel like I couldn't command that uh, presence on stage yet mm. and so I'm liking working with it this time around as a more experienced dancer and a more experienced person and I'm excited to incorporate the technicalities that I've gained over the last years as well as uh, the performance aspect of it so 
I'm having a lot of fun. That's, That's great. Awesome. <laughs> I miss the Nutcracker. I think you're so lucky to get to go to Montana too. Yes, to to I know. How did Montana's you... so beautiful. Yeah, you've been there before then. I have, but only in the summer. Um, I've been to Yellowstone a number of times, being from Utah. Ah. Where our family's a very much uh, road trip vacation family, where we go camping and. Yellowstone was a popular destination in my younger years. <laughs> That's awesome. So have have you guested for this company? or th- This is the first time. How did you get connected with a company in Montana? That's a good question. Uh, Dance NYC, I don't know if you know this website. Uh, Dance mm-hmm. NYC, yeah. I think .nyc now. They used to be .org, but I think they now have the New York City website. Cool. Um, they are a great resource for dancers in the city for auditions, uh, performances. They give so many resources to dancers, internships. Anyway, it was posted not in the audition category of listings, but in like the internship one or something, which is weird. And so I feel like no one saw it. (laughs) But uh, my best friend, Kristen, uh, sent it to me. She said, oh, they're looking for a sugar plum. You should check it out. So I sent my stuff and that's how we got invited to go. Oh, great. So jealous. That'd be so fun. I know. I wish you guys could come with me. I wish you could see it. (laughs) Will there be a video? Do they do that? I'm sure. It's a studio, so I feel like they generally do, even if they're not the best videos, there usually is a video. Do something. Um, So tell us, um, where have you trained, and how has your training brought you to be the dancer that you are now? Uh, Well, I'm from Utah originally. Like I just said, and I trained in Utah in a couple studios growing up, and uh, then I got involved with the University Brigham Young University's Youth Artist Program as a middle school age, and I started doing a ton of ballet then, and uh, I wasn't really sure what direction to take off in in dance, because I started with ballet, but then did a bunch of jazz, tap hip-hop, which I've never been good at, but... (laughs) It's hard for ballet. (laughs) Uh, But then being a youth artist program, in that program I went into ballet very much more so, and from then on I still did a lot of other types of dance, and then I went to Brigham Young University and was a dance major, and Mm -hmm. that's mainly my training. After that I moved out to New York to see if I could get a job and I didn't know that I would stay in New York necessarily. I always wanted to live here but uh, being from Utah was a big choice because not a lot of people just move on their own especially as a young woman mm-hmm. to just move out with no family or friends or acquaintances so I made a fairly big leap and then I ended up loving it and I always thought of New York as being a departure city because so many companies come through here to hold auditions and I went to all those cattle calls and I never got anything from the cattle calls but Mm. I found a lot of really interesting great work that I love here and so I've ended up staying and I really love it. That's great and tell us generally how do you find work? Mostly through connections I would say. The first year was about making connections. I was trying to uh, take a lot of class, but I also was injured the first year I moved here, so it was a tough year. I had a herniated disc, which is not fun as a dancer. (laughs) And so it was kind of a bummer because I moved here to dance and then I ended up just serving, uh, which a lot of dancers and actors get pushed into that or bartending, you know, and it was really frustrating. But uh, eventually I made some good connections. I started dancing for one company, Ballets with a Twist, which was really fun and I met a lot of friends through that and had a lot of performance experiences and then my career started to take off from there as I met new people and I feel like almost all of the jobs I've, uh, I've had have come through connections. Some through auditions, a few, but most of them through connections. Did you come here wanting to do ballet and focus on ballet, and is that still your interest? Uh, that's a good question. I came here definitely focused on ballet, but uh, open to doing other things as I had done other things growing up. 
but I hadn't really gotten into modern dancing. Uh, I had it in college, and I always liked my courses in modern, but it was never a passion of mine. And when I moved here, I went to every audition possible. Like, I went to all the cattle calls. I went to really weird auditions. (laughs) (laughs) I went to everything. I went to almost... Uh, acting auditions you know I went to like everything even musical theater calls and I was trying to really find my voice in dance and I'm so glad that I found a voice in dance through what I'm doing now I love new chamber ballet because it's so creative and I feel like it's a good mix of ballet with contemporary dance and even modern dance with a art resident choreographer Constantine Becker so uh, with all of that, it's been really fun, and I've found a lot of work through ballet and modern. Okay. And I don't know how to classify myself exactly, but because I do all of them, I'd say. Yeah. Ballet and modern and contemporary. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Hip hop. I, I don't do hip hop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it, but it's not my forte. <laughs> too. <laughs> That's really great to hear you talk about finding your voice in dance and I feel like a lot of creative artists try to find that in their own way especially writers. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, do you find that you're also drawn to performances or looking for um, choreographers to watch who sort of follow the same line of like ballet contemporary and modern that you like to perform? I would definitely say so. Uh, you mean for viewing or for job opportunities? Um, for viewing. For viewing, yeah. I like to, I mean, I think I generally enjoy more uh, the dance that's along the lines of what I do, but I'm also a tougher critic to those because I feel so connected to that world that I feel like I know much more about it and be, can be more critical. Where if I go to just like a... Um, a totally different kind of dance performance I would probably just really enjoy it a lot more mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. just oh that was great that was a lot of fun though um when I go see dance it's really fun but I also I am very critical too yeah it's hard to lose that um Jess and I obviously come from ballet backgrounds too and I think sometimes you carry that critic with you forever you just you uh, can't quite enjoy it. It depends, like on what level of show you're watching and how right. good they are, mm-hmm. how much you can enjoy it. I've right. been to a lot of shows where I've just been blown away. Like I've seen New York City Ballet perform mm-hmm. a number of times, and some of the programs I've seen, I've just been entirely blown away. Like this was really amazing. Right. And then I've been to other shows in the city, also at really high calibers, that I've been really disappointed with. You know, yeah. so it. And I think it's good that we're able to see a distinction and uh, see where we can improve. And it's good for my own dancing. I can see, oh, well, I really didn't like this about this performance and I don't want to dance that way, you know? Yes. Yeah, it's informative. Um, Actually, going back to what you were saying about different styles of dance, um, I don't know if I can qualify anything as pure ballet anymore. I almost never see a show that is, uh, sim- or I would never see a company that I would say only does ballet. Right. ABT might come closest. They do a lot of the classics. But unless there's a company just doing a classic and doing it straight, for the most part these days, I, there's something contemporary about the movement um, where they're doing, they're bringing in a lot of gymnastics and other elements. And I think that makes it hard to describe what I'm seeing to people who are not dancers because they always say, oh, you're going to see a show, what kind of show? Like, well, I guess it's a ballet, but it's not quite ballet. It's more interesting and edgy and, and different and just trying out all these different ways to twist your body around. And um, <laughs> I think that's always done best when it, when it, you're using dancers who come from ballet training. And mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about this, how it's so important to have that ballet foundation. Um, so you do kind of have to use ballet dancers, but then take that somewhere more interesting. And we're seeing a lot of that these days, which is so great <laughs> right I went to see um, Fall for Dance yeah oh, that I was a little that. while ago yeah. but 
in it I saw it's great because I went to three shows mm -hmm. so I saw so many different companies perform 15 I guess right there I would say 15 or sometimes there were four no okay. maybe five I mean close to, uh, close to 15 companies which is really great yeah. and one of my favorites was Wayne McGregor's uh, company Random Dance mm -hmm. and then I went to a workshop at city center of their company and one of the dance or two of the dancers taught it was really informative because it was also creative and physical and ballet based but with like so much power and energy and I was really surprised to hear one of the dancers say, well, I actually didn't come from a ballet background. Oh, I wow. came from a modern background awesome. and then got into ballet. And of course, she had to get into ballet for that kind of a company. Yeah. But she started with modern and you could tell because she was so grounded. Oh, get everything. Yeah. Her pelvis was so grounded, but then she could move really gracefully and beautifully at the same time. But that's wow. a company that I really admire. That'd be interesting to see. I don't know if I've seen someone coming from like a different foundation, but then picking up the ballet piece later and bringing uh -huh. them together. But I imagine it would look quite different. As long as they can still be graceful, I think I would be happy <laughs> <laughs> with the look. Um, and you said she was graceful. Yeah, nice. she was. So is that what you're um, interested in? The kind of that very current contemporary style of choreography where it uses the ballet base in some way, but is a little bit... More creative with the I would say so because I feel like as a ballet based person I can't ever get rid of that even yeah. if I tried to all mm -hmm. my movement comes out with some sort of informant informative movement of ballet mm -hmm. even if I'm like really trying not to it still happens yeah. which I don't know if it's a good thing it's something I'm trying to work on to be able to do whatever I want and look like a regular human oh. and <laughs> not a ballerina sometimes mm -hmm. so but I find the dance that I find more most interesting incorporates ballet and physicality and emotion and creativity I don't know if I said that yet do you find that you're more partial to a certain process that choreographers use um, like for example you were speaking to us beforehand about improv improvisation um, do you find that you like um, that type of a choreography process or have there been other choreographers that you worked with who had a process that you really enjoyed or maybe that choreographer brought out um, some great movement from the dancers definitely I feel like uh, I came from such a ballet background that I was a dancer that felt like I wanted to only be given steps and that I could do something with the steps, but that I wanted to be given the steps to do. Yes. And uh, then I could, you know, take it and you could specify things a little and make it them personal, but I always wanted to be given steps as a dancer. But I feel like I've grown a lot in the last year especially with working um with the resident choreographer of new chamber uh because he does a lot of improv and when i first moved to the city the first company i worked for which i just remembered was kelly donovan and dancers and she's a small modern based choreographer who uses a lot of forsyth technique and I remember working with her and she loved me. She was like, oh, you have such a great facility for dance, but you're not using it. And I was like, but I'm trying to. And she wanted, she would give us like one phrase and then the whole piece, the whole 20 minute piece would be based off of that phrase. And I didn't have the tools at the time to create anything from a phrase. And I think that's part of maturity levels. It's part of my training. Even at college, we didn't do much of that. So... I was really frustrated with it. I was like very uncomfortable with my performance because I felt like I wasn't equipped with the right knowledge to do that. And looking back, now I would love to go into a situation like that because I've done so much more improv in the last few years and I feel more creative, more able to go into a situation and really do something with the choreography. Yeah. And I often actually like being part of the creative process more now. So I think it's always an evolving process, but as of now, I'm really enjoying being part of it and like I'm liking improving, which is a big step because even a year ago, I would say 
okay, improv, <laughs> sure, yeah. I can do that. What does that mean, <laughs> create something from a phrase? She would give you a foundation and then yeah, you say, were supposed to change it? In yeah, own? say uh, we were given eight counts mm-hmm. and you could take those eight counts and do really whatever you want with it. <laughs> and that's almost too broad for someone who's only come from like ballet training. Yeah. Um, but say a movement's done with an arm, uh, you could do it with your leg, you could do it with your torso, you could do it with your head only, you could, uh, there's like so many ways you can, uh, play with that phrase or make it all travel. You could make it all really small. You could all make it really big, uh, really slow, really fast. Um, you could take it into partnering and there's just so many options. Uh, so it's. Yeah, I would say a lot of choreographers base things off like that these days. Mm. And you bring up a really great point about, um, you know, ballet training doesn't necessarily prepare you for that. Right. And it seems like the all of the choreographers today are coming from that more improvisational, breaking all of the rules, right. trying new things, doing something different from what they had done previously. And I'm going to make a jump here. <laughs> Let's um, jump. <laughs> but do you think um, your college education prepared you for the type of work that you're receiving in New York City today? In some ways, yes, because I am working here. Uh, and I feel like if I hadn't gone through what I did at college, I probably wouldn't have the tools to have received any jobs here. Like I grew a lot in college, as mainly mm-hmm. technically. Uh, I think a lot of dancers go to a college that do work on a lot of creative improv. They do work on a lot of modern classes. They have gram classes. At Brigham Young University, we didn't have gram. We did have composition classes, but our programs were very separated. It was like, I'm a ballet dancer or I'm a modern dancer. And there was almost a competition between the two. So the ballet dancers didn't want to work hard in composition class and vice versa, which is a really, I think it's detrimental to the program and to all of the dancers. So I would say in universities, I think we should try to get rid of the segregation of the two and try to really use them together because that's where dance is currently. And it's not beneficial to either discipline to separate them. And so I'm not sure Brigham Young might be more integral these days with the two. I kind of think they might not be, but (laughs) you never know. Uh, So I would say in some ways college prepared me, in some ways it hindered, and in some ways it didn't do anything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, I also find too that it seems to me a lot of college programs are very much still focused on this idea of the big company. You know, we're going to train you, you guys are the best, you're in the best program, and these are the types of jobs that are out there. But then I find in today's New York City environment, um, so many people are freelancing. Even really well-established dancers are saying, you know, the the company model is no longer working for me. I'm going to be a guest artist. Yeah, exactly. And Mm -hmm. um, I guess I'm asking a related question, but um, do you feel that your professors or um, anyone in your college program for that matter spoke frankly about you know the new dance environment and freelancing and what that might be like and were you surprised at all to see the landscape in New York City? Definitely. Definitely meaning I was surprised and definitely they didn't have a scope of what was going on in New York or really elsewhere in the world. I remember The most uh, contemporary choreographer they would speak of would be Alonzo King, which is a really beautiful company, but it's still a very company-based, I don't know, 50-week contract or, or, I'm not sure exactly, but it's a very well-paid job that the company dancers all work together. Uh, So... I was definitely not prepared at all to dance in the freelance world. I didn't even know it was really out here. I just Mm -hmm. knew, like I said before, that all the companies went through New York. So I was really focused on getting a big company job and dancing in the corps de ballet. 
which if I think about now, I would not be so happy in. Yeah. So we're really seeing, because Jess, that's your experience as well, right? A similar experience where we're seeing a split between expectations that are set up and then actually the whole world of opportunities, which you know one would do well to know about because there might be opportunities that are better right. for mm-hmm. you. Do you want to speak a little bit about your experience? Um, sure, if I may speak about myself. <laughs> Please. Um, I started off at SUNY Purchase as yeah. a dance major, but after one year I transferred to Ohio State, mm-hmm. and I actually was no longer a dance major, I just wanted to try something else. Um, but I was in the dance minor program, and so I took a lot of classes with the dance majors and um, technique classes as well as history classes, but I noticed that the message to the students was never, oh, well, this is the real New York City. This is what you have to do, and, you know, here are the types of jobs and opportunities that you might actually be presented, and I've actually spoken to other former Ohio State grads about the same thing and just asked, like, what's up with that? You know, why didn't anyone tell us this is what it was like? Right. I myself found myself in cattle call auditions and feeling discouraged and like no one was looking at me and hmm. um, not to make it a big sob story. Um, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> With me for college, uh, we didn't really focus on what's going to happen after college, which oh. is weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, I don't feel like we were really prepared to just go into the dance world after graduating, um, which is unfortunate because I don't think that the focus was on actually getting a dance job. It was for making your experience in college a really great experience and giving you the performance time in college and enriching yourself as much as possible in the now, but nothing for the future necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like We didn't have any connections for what's going to happen after. I never was sent any information on, uh, and I think it's partly a fault of just being Utah far away from New York City with uh, professors that weren't super current in what was happening outside of Utah in dance. Mm. But that being said, um, of course they would be encouraging for you to get a job, but there wasn't a lot of resources to help you with it. I've spent some time near University of Arizona because mm-hmm. uh, my boyfriend at the time, I was in Arizona and my boyfriend was getting a master's there okay. and he uh, had a very different experience where they definitely did help them get jobs in the dance world and encourage them to move to New York, encourage them to get to know choreographers from New York. They would bring people in to choreograph mm-hmm. um, more like freelance company directors from New York to choreograph at U of A and I think that was great so I think it is also dependent on the college you go to okay yeah Yeah. Um, I have a related question sort of harkening back to what we were talking about Uh, these days there are a lot more choreographers who are using uh, improv and asking their dancers to improvise some of the movement I have thought that was a trend so it's interesting to hear you kind of confirm that uh, both of you and I don't like it. I'm uh, from the background that you kind of professed to be formerly from, Tracy, where I just feel like I am not a choreographer. I've never been good at choreography, but I love dancing, and I would love to just go into a room and have someone tell me what to do and do it. So I've always been nervous, not that I've done too much dancing, but the couple times I have done a dance project in recent years, I've usually been asked to choreograph, and I just don't really enjoy that. What do you guys feel about that trend? I don't have a very good question around this, but what do you guys think? Is that um, is there kind of too much happening? Are we going too far in that direction of making dancers improvise, or is it a good trend? Like, when should a choreographer start doing that? Personally, I think it depends on the choreographer. Um, it. I have been in situations where I felt like I was being used, mm. like creatively used, and it's different uh, feeling as if you're choreographing for someone yeah. or if you're improv to make the piece work. Um, oh. What makes the distinction? I think it's probably the direction of the choreographer, uh, okay. how he leads you. If 
he's just taking or he or she (laughs) is just taking your movement and putting it in as is and having everyone do it and if I think it depends on the attitude it can feel like stealing Hmm. especially if your name doesn't Hmm. get put on the program is choreographing you know I never thought of that aspect yeah but in other situations I felt like very comfortable with it even if some of the choreography did come personally from my movement Mm -hmm. and it gets incorporated I feel like really good about it you know like yeah well I had something to say in this part of the dance and it came really authentically from me from my soul from the way I move and I feel really good about it being in here so I think it is partially the choreographer because I've had plenty of friends feel kind of ripped off as if they had choreographed for this choreographer and didn't get credit for it and I've had other people feel really good about it and I think it depends on the choreographer. Do you think then it's a matter of direction of them sort of providing direction for you versus just saying make something up and then going with it? I think so personally. That would make a lot of difference. What do you think about the trend Jess? Um, I mean I personally love improvisation, and I think a lot of choreographers um, use it really well, and um, to your point, Tracy, it's really great when they do actually mention in the program that the dancers are also collaborators or something Mm -hmm. to that effect. Um, But I was thinking about a recent example. A friend of mine who is a dancer Mm -hmm. um, told me about other friends of his who were working with a choreographer and I won't mention the name, um, but the choreographer apparently just video recorded himself improving, and then just handed the video to the dancers and said, here, learn that. And I thought that was so interesting. I haven't really heard of a process so lazy, you know, if I may (laughs) use that word. And apparently the dancers didn't like it. They were complaining about it, that Mm -hmm. I can't believe he just gave us this video and we have to learn this in our own um, free time. And um, and I think choreographers too, they are creative in their own process. So their process changes over time. And so um, it could have also been this person was just trying this for a minute just Mm -hmm. to see, you know, what came of it, what would the process look like and maybe that choreographer will never do it again. So um, I guess it also depends of the progression of the specific choreographer too and where they're at in their um, process. So if we may switch directions a little bit, um, tell me, are you partial to any dance teachers at the moment or? Yes, uh, definitely. (laughs) I have two favorite teachers in the city right now. I hope that's not controversial to say for like other teachers not being my favorite. <laughs> yeah, please, we'd love to check them out. Uh, but Willie Berman, Wilhelm Berman, he teaches at Steps, and I take his class almost every day, mm. and it's really wonderful. I feel like he changed my dancing completely since I moved here, and it was hard for me to get into that style of dancing because it's definitely ballet, but it's more balancing based movement, mm. and. It was really hard for me to love it, but now I really am. So, and I feel like it's changed my dancing entirely, like through foot articulation and so many more things. Just the way I move is way different now. And um, also Deborah Wingert, who now teaches at Ailey. Uh, I haven't been to her new class. She just started teaching at Ailey maybe a month ago or so. She used to teach at MAMAC, uh, Manhattan Movement and Arts Center. So she teaches at 10 o'clock, I think, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And both of them are really wonderful teachers. Oh, it's very interesting. You're getting into balancing. She talked about that <laughs> and the technique. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've never felt that comfortable with balancing technique. Jess, what did you learn? I remember you learned a specific technique. Um, it's been mostly chiquetti, just okay. classic. Um, you know, I've taken a few different styles as well, but that's been mostly my training. And I haven't taken a lot of Balanchine teachers, but the ones that I have taken, at first I felt um, just out of place. Like they wanted me to put my arm in a place that I wasn't used to doing it, and then they would constantly correct me, and then (laughs) 
I was just stubborn and did my own thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How did you make that transition from not being used to balancing to actually loving it, Tracy? Well, I got really frustrated when when I moved here because I feel like so many companies are doing balancing work and so many companies that I really liked uh, only hired balancing dancers, like SAB dancers. And I was frustrated that I couldn't do the movement that well. (laughs) And being me I was like well of course I can do it I just have to practice it and (laughs) good attitude yeah kind of I'm a little stubborn though (laughs) (laughs) so I had a lot of friends taking Willie's class and uh they were encouraging me to come and I really didn't like it the first time (laughs) but uh, I kept going back and I thought well if these dancers that I admire so much love his class then there must be something to it because I really admire these dancers. So then I started going more often and getting more into it, less stubborn about changing my training. And as soon as I think you let that stubbornness go and you're willing to change your dancing, more things happen. Because you can always go back to the way you're trained, but you can always go somewhere new. Hmm. So... I started to delve into it more and more, and I love it. And any balancing uh, piece I've done, I did Serenade a few years ago that I really loved. With uh, Mira? Or? No, we. I went up to Buffalo, uh, Neglia Ballet. They hired a bunch of women to come in, and a few men. <laughs> there aren't so many in Serenade. Uh, to come in, and we were up there for three weeks learning it from Debbie. Deborah Wingert mm. and she taught us Serenade and we performed it to live orchestra and it was like one of the best experiences of my whole life on stage oh. like really wonderful and so especially after that experience I had t- been taking Willie before then mm. but especially after that experience and I saw how inspired he was as a choreographer then I started getting way more into the Balanchine aesthetic huh. and yeah. Moreau uh, definitely likes to use balancing movement in his pieces so okay. if I do anything like really classically I'll have to change it <laughs> okay you mentioned that you liked exploring different styles and you can always go back to your original I actually feel like that would be hard to kind of mix the different styles have you um, especially as a freelancer what yes. has your experience been with different teachers literally asking for different things on different days of the week that is actually really hard yeah um for one experience uh, i have done the glevsky nutcracker many times and uh their director is great laszlo berdo but he likes everything to be really classical and so and he likes the uh company which is a three-week company to look like a company so it's kind of a big challenge for only three weeks of rehearsal to look like you're all dancing the same and from the same training for your whole life so we work really hard on those three weeks on achieving his aesthetic which is really classical like a pirouetting from a fourth that's small with two bent knees and arms rounded or when I dance with Miro, like a really huge fourth with straight arms, and uh, it's different, so it is hard to just uh, adjust back and forth. Also, when I go to Buffalo, the choreographer, the director there is, um, he's Argentinian and comes from a very Argentinian, like Russian background, and so I have to modify my dancing there too yeah. to go back to more classically trained, and. I find it's doable, but it does get frustrating at times. Yeah, it sounds like though your response has been pretty much to just adjust or to try and yeah, adjust. Like, I think you have to because that's your job as a freelancer, not to do your own thing, but to do what the director wants. Yeah, that's true. I guess it's different as an actual professional. Whenever I would go to classes and they'd be asking me to do something that felt crazy to me, I usually took the stubborn route. So I was like, maybe <laughs> Jessica, you maybe have a time to Oh, I definitely do. <laughs> because I'm just like, I'm doing this for my own enjoyment at this point. I'm not trying to be a professional or be great. If you're trying to make me pirouette with a straight back knee and I can't pirouette, I'm not going to enjoy my class. <laughs> Mm -hmm. you know so I just kind of try to be stubborn 
but it's great though that as a freelancer you really have found you know um things that work and you know that you have to be flexible and it sounds like you really do place yourself in situations and um you change yourself as needed by different choreographers and if you had to give advice to a dancer who's moving to New York City or has aspirations to move to New York City, um, what advice would you give them? I would say to be flexible Mm -hmm. in what you're willing to try and to go for as much as possible unless you have a really clear vision that you only like one certain thing, Mm -hmm. then of course go in that direction, but it's really tough. So I think uh, as a dancer coming to New York, to be open is the biggest uh, advice I can give and to make connections. It's easy if you're shy to just like stay in your own little corner and maybe go to class every day but not talk to anyone. And yeah. that's a fine way, thing to do personally for yourself, but if you want to get a job, it's not all that useful because all the teachers have so many connections too so if you try to stand out in class and you talk to them and uh introduce yourself to the teachers even ask them for advice even if they don't want to give it they'll still think of you you know so the teachers are a good resource to start that networking i would definitely say so because they all the teachers here for the most part are so well connected and have so much to say so much to give they all come from a specific background that may or may not be a good one for you, but uh, it's good to at least start a dialogue. Huh. So do you just go up to them after class, introduce yourself as a dancer? Yeah, definitely. Or before class even. Oh yeah. Go up and say, hi, I'm Tracy. I'm new to the city. <laughs> this is my first time taking your class. I'm so excited. And they might be a typical New Yorker and be like, okay, thanks. <laughs> or they could be really excited and want to help. Like there's yeah. some, there's a big spectrum of people in the world and teachers, and you'll never know who you'll find a connection with. But it's always good to try to make that connection. That's yeah. Great. So it sounds like you do need a little bit of networking 101 skills. I think so. Mm-hmm. And um, I can imagine, you know, for a dance student who's moving to New York City for the first time that might not be something that they're familiar with Um, but do you have any additional advice for um, ways in which to network and how to just put yourself out there and what might have been some successful networking strategies that you've had I think making friends too not only talking to teachers but friends are helpful because uh if you have a good friend who already has a path figured out, maybe you want to latch onto that path. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you don't. Maybe you find that you love your friend, but her path is horrible for you. But um, I think it's just really good to make friends and see. And then you get like a little family here too. Like I have a family of dance friends, and they're so important to me here. Yeah. Without them, I wouldn't know what to do like I feel like New York City living would be impossible without my friends here and most of them are dance friends because that's my life so um, I would say those two things are most important and just to be seen uh, go to auditions to try things I don't think cattle calls are the most successful way to go about but other auditions I think are helpful I've had plenty of jobs from other auditions smaller auditions So the dance community um, seems to be so connected. I consider myself a little bit on the periphery Mm -hmm. of the dance community, but I find even at various performances, there's always someone I know or Mm -hmm. at least someone that I recognize. Um, What has been your experience with the dance community and um, how have you felt that it's really helped you in your career? I definitely feel that it's helped me a lot being connected to other dancers. Uh, The people that I end up freelancing with are always the same people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is kind of funny. Um, So, and that's probably because we all dance similarly, so we get jobs with similar choreographers. And 
it's always nice to have a friendly face, especially if you walk into a room and you don't know who's going to be there. I always end up knowing someone. Yeah. Uh, except I did a project this last summer. I did the Cunningham workshop, and it was really modern, and I only knew one person vaguely. <laughs> and so, okay. I, like, I'd seen her at auditions, and so we, we became better friends, but uh, it's definitely a strong community of dancers and there are little differences whether you're like really into ballet really into like full contemporary really into modern uh so i'm definitely more on the ballet spectrum and i know those dancers better but there's a big dance community and you're i always recognize the faces even if i don't know them from other places do you find that it's easier as you get to know more people uh, to go into a rehearsal and just start dancing i mean I know I get a little bit nervous. I don't know anybody. Is there a comfort level difference if you know people? I think so, uh, especially if you're doing improv, because yeah. then it's so personal and uh, you put so much of yourself into it. If you feel like you're getting judged by everyone, it's harder mm-hmm. to go to that really personal place. Yeah. But, uh, and I feel like I'm able to be more creative when I know the people around me. But that being said, it's really nice to be with new people because they have so much to offer and you see stuff that you've never seen before, like in a really super creative process. So I think it depends. Of course, I'm more comfortable with the people I know, but I think it's good to be challenged to be with more strangers. Okay. So if you had your choice, um, what choreographers would you like to work with? And this can be anyone outside of New York City or in New York City. Who is sort of your dream choreographer to work with? There are a few. Um, after seeing Random Dance, I'd seen clips online, but after seeing them at Fall for Dance, I was like, I have to dance for that company. And I'm considering to moving, moving to London. And <laughs> I mean, not um, really, but I always go through these dramatic little mind scenarios. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's Yuri Killian, who's a beautiful choreographer. Nacho Duato, who recently set a piece on the Graham Company. And I was so jealous that I didn't dance for Graham. <laughs> have you tried, or how would you get a job with them? Oh, I couldn't, because <laughs> I haven't taken nearly enough Graham. Uh, but uh, I very much admire the company. <laughs> and I'd say those are my top choreographers that I'd want to dance with right now. Okay. So to kind of change directions again, uh, one thing I'm curious about from your perspective as a freelancer is how other people perceive dancers and maybe um, some things they understand or don't understand. Uh, so I feel like you probably interact a lot more with non-dancers as well as dancers as would somebody who's in a company. Kind True. Of, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I know whenever I sew point shoes on the subway, which I feel like I should never do. <laughs> on the do. subway? Oh my god, have you ever pricked yourself? <laughs> no, but I've lost needles, <laughs> which is also dangerous. <laughs> yeah, don't sew point shoes on the subway, but I somehow find myself doing it because I'm so busy. I'm like, ah, I need new point shoes and I have to sew them now. <laughs> Now's the only time on the subway. <laughs> um, so then of course you get all these people coming up you're a ballerina how exciting <laughs> like oh yes i'm just trying to sew point shoes please leave me alone right now <laughs> like my daughter wants to talk to you <laughs> and then uh so there's always the fascination with the point shoes which is kind of fun yeah. uh i don't know how do other dance other people have perceived dancers i've had people think like i don't know if you saw the movie francis ha or what's the mm. i forget the title fully of it heard of it what i think isn't that the title francis ha might it be. might be i feel like there's a little tagline with it but i could be wrong okay. i can't remember what the little tagline was mm-hmm. yeah uh but in that movie i feel like she was seen as this modern dancer who had the freedom to do whatever she wanted and mm-hmm. she kind of did <laughs> and uh i think modern dancers are perceived that way more often it's just like this creative weirdo that is able to do whatever they want with life and takes whatever liberties they want and i think that's easy to be seen that way by other people uh which isn't true mm-hmm. you know 
Yeah. Because it's so much harder than that. It's uh, you put so much of your life into one specific thing, and you work so hard, and you might not ever get a dance job. You know, it's a tough life. Yeah. Uh, then there's the black swan conception that dancers are crazy, which they can be. <laughs> Has that increased since black swan? <laughs> Uh, the dancers are crazy yeah. or the perception of it the perception of it i mean i i actually have gotten people asking me like oh is it like black swan yeah i mean i've i've had that question a lot mm-hmm. which i think it partly is i mean we yeah. all go through those scenes i've definitely called mm-hmm. my mom being like this person got the part and i didn't and like yeah. started crying and breaking down over it because at that moment it is really sad it seems really dramatic and cheesy but you work your whole life for something and maybe you never achieve that role that you want or maybe you never get a job maybe you're not in a company and it can be really sad mm-hmm. and it isn't just like an overdramatic way of looking at something if you put your whole self into a specific art form for your whole life and it doesn't work out it's really tough yeah and actually going back to what you said at the beginning about growing into the sugar plum role I mean a role is not just a part. I don't know if people really understand that, but it is a character you're expressing and you can feel ready to express a certain thing or want to express something based on your life experience. And, right. Um, you either get the chance or you don't, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, I think a part of my question came from the fact that, as I know, Jessica, we've talked about, it seems like there's sort of a cultural fascination with dance that's growing. I think, yeah, definitely it's growing. Yeah. Are people becoming more accurate? It seems to me like they are, like they're learning a little bit more about the reality of the dancer's life. I would say maybe. I mean, there's so many dance shows on right now. Yeah, (laughs) some are more accurate than others. Right. There's Dance Moms, which I think is really horrendous, but it is true to life in lots of ways. You know, there are those Dance Moms that are really crazy. Wow. I don't Mm -hmm. tend to watch the show that often, but... uh, I've not seen that. Oh, really? Yeah. It sounds like... The latest terrible reality. I secretly love it. It's my favorite show. Oh, so funny. No, I mean, I'm joking, but it's my favorite show because it's so horrendous. But this Mm. dance teacher is just really terrible and bullies the children and the mothers. And she picks on the children to get back at the mothers. And the mothers are like textbook insane. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, But it is fascinating. But Um, I wonder if it is sending a message to people like, oh, there's this new stereotype out there, the dance mom. And I always joke with my friends, like, I'm totally going to be a dance mom. (laughs) (laughs) And um, even now I'm projecting this image of a certain stereotype, which I don't really know that actually exists. I think it does. Coming from Mm -hmm. a studio that did competitions Mm -hmm. uh, growing up, there's definitely dance moms and there are definitely those teachers that are crazy and the whole culture of that I hate and I would never want to put my daughter in that kind of situation interesting ever and I would almost encourage my daughter not to do dance because of how hard it is Uh, but obviously there are some really valuable things about it but there's some things that are really horrendous about the dance world you know yeah did you guys um, see the first position movie? Yeah. It was so it. cute. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. I did too. But there, again, is some craziness there. The mm-hmm. dance moms and the children and yeah. <laughs> the yeah. coaching. That they put into it. Yeah, how dedicated the moms are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such an interesting world because I never I kind of realized with that documentary that there are competition schools that are very serious and they're getting like really good training which must be the right. type that you went to, obviously, because you're a beautiful dancer. Because um, we always saw it as like, oh, the competition schools are not as serious. But nowadays, oh my gosh, with the Youth America Grand Prix and the competitions out there, these kids are amazing. They're like, mm-hmm. in the vers- first position, they were some of the best dancers I've seen yeah. at age seven, or how old, <laughs> how old they were. I think there was a 12-year-old in that movie, first the boy? position. Yeah. Or the girl? Um, I believe it well, was a old. girl. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I was just so amazed that at that age, they're, like, better than I probably ever was. You know, right? Yeah. It's really crazy how good they are. Yeah. And that's uh, one track these days, to be on that very competitive track, really aiming for the Youth America Grand Prix. And then there's still the track where you're learning to be a professional and probably going to try out for companies. 
versus maybe go into competition. Although ultimately everything lands in a company. Yes. But yeah, we definitely had some of the crazy teachers too. They're scary. <laughs> <laughs> Usually Russian. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> or Japanese. Yeah. Oh. Definitely. So, I think um I yeah. think that's all the time we have. We could probably finish up with one more question or if you had one <clears throat> but we're um I think time. I'm good actually. We covered a lot. Yeah, we did. This was really interesting. Yeah. It's yeah, always it really fun. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. I had so much fun talking. <laughs> great. Well, yeah. we'll have to keep it going and bring you back someday. Sounds great. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks, Tracy.